This is Fresh Air. I'm Terry Gross. This summer, there have been five bison attacks in Yellowstone National Park, the result of visitors taking selfies with bison in the background. My guest, Sarah Miller, has written a new book about this phenomenon. The title of Miller's book is Bison Selfies. Sarah Miller is a freelance writer who lives in Nevada City, California. Welcome back, Sarah Miller. Thank you, Terry. It's great to be here. You know, I have to admit, when I started hearing about this, I was like, how do bison take selfies? Their legs are so short. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people think that. Yeah, and they're bi- are there bison selfie sticks? You know, this, these are... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there should be. So, you know, you grew up in New England. Your parents worked in public education, and yet you, well, you chose to make a career writing about the sort of perverse delight you experience when people taking pictures of themselves alongside a symbol of the American West in the American West are attacked by that symbol in real life. Can you talk a little bit about the inspiration behind this, why you decided to take such a different path? Well, first of all, I want to say that while I'm interested in all bison selfies, the ones that really obsess me are the ones that result in actual injury. Right. Great clarification. And we'll, you will return to that. But I do want to take a minute to juxtapose the sort of cultural milieu in which you were raised with your current livelihood. Well, you know, Terry, our household was full of lively debate, you know, about the importance of education to a democratic society and the importance of public service. And I grew up extremely idealistic. And so when I finished college, I really wanted to make a difference. When I realized that was impossible, I started to think about myself. What do I actually care about? What makes me happy, you know? Mm. And one day I realized I feel really good when someone tries to take a photo of a bison and the bison attacks them. And, you know, Terry, that's when, like, my whole life started to change. How did you, how did your parents feel about this? Well, at first they were like, we really hoped you'd be a professor or at least a Title IX coordinator, mm-hmm. something like that. But then they saw me reading accounts of people who tried to take pictures of bison getting attacked by them and just, you know, really enjoying myself, feeling alive, feeling a part of things for the first time in my life. And it probably didn't hurt that David Brooks wrote that column about me where he talked about how most people in my generation were disaffected and cynical and just sat around in their houses doing bong hits and drinking craft beer and wondering how they're going to manage to send their children to college on two weirdly large and yet somehow fully unhelpful salaries. And and not to toot my own horn, Terry, mm-hmm. but David Brooks was like, you know, look at these people just complaining and look at this amazing woman doing what she loves and following a dream and making a living at it and just basically living this great life that anyone could have if they just had the courage to be true to themselves. Mm. So, yeah, my parents came around, which is nice. My mom actually laughs a lot every time someone takes a bison selfie, which results in a bison attack. My dad, he just kind of sits there hoping one day I'll get serious. And I try to explain to him that there is nothing more serious than my pleasure. But it's a generational difference. So what are you going to do? Right. Is is there something about the American West that resonates with you in particular? Other than bison selfie attacks? Yeah, aside aside from the attacks. No. I understand that you recently visited Yellowstone. I did. Did you see any bison? I didn't see any bison in the park per se. In fact, all we saw there were marmots. And when we got back to Reno, I, I live in the Sierra, not 
far from there. Our cab driver was like, marmots? They got them down at the golf course. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. At any rate, I did um, maybe see 100 or so bison on the way to the park on that road between Jackson and Yellowstone. I think it's Highway 89. In, it's in Grand Teton National Park. It's such a beautiful road. It's just this riot of color and shadows and enormous clouds and a million shades of green and red Wyoming paintbrush and blue penstemon and those huge Queen Anne's lace flowers that are not actually Queen Anne's lace flowers. They're like straight out of Avatar. Right. There's there's so much intense and humbling history there, Terry. You can just imagine Teddy Roosevelt riding a horse through this landscape, Mm -hmm. sadly, minus the bison, since bison populations were negligible in Roosevelt's time. You can picture the wheels turning in his mind and him thinking, this place is so gorgeous. You know, let's keep it pristine and let's turn the rest of the country into a garbage dump. Mm, right. So, as I said, that road isn't part of the park, but it is a big place for bison to congregate. So we stopped a couple times, and we saw when we saw a herd, and we looked. So, did you see people trying to get close to them? Oh, sure. There were a lot of people hanging back like us, but yeah, everywhere we went, we saw a lot of people trying to get close to the bison, and all of those people had cameras. But nothing happened. No, nothing. And did that disappoint you? Oh, no. (laughs) You you see, Terry, my interest isn't in the attacks themselves, at least not in the visual spectacle of the attacks. I don't want to actually see or imagine a human body forced into the air like, well, here's the best analogy I can think of. Did you ever play Ganipganop when you were a kid with the pink and green plastic (laughs) balls? You you hit that black thing and it's like one side of a lever and the ball's on the other side of it and the ball is catapulted up into the air. When I think about people being attacked by bisons while taking pictures of bison, I imagine it being like Ganipganop. Because beyond that, Tara, you're just talking theater, and I hate theater. But I mean, you know, forgive me for being blunt here, but human beings and pink and green plastic balls, well, you know, they're, you know, they're not exactly the same thing. I mean, listen to this account of a bison attack told by a ranger who I'm gathering spoke to the victim, and I quote, They heard the bison's footsteps moving toward them and started to run, but the bison caught the mother on the right side, lifted her up, and tossed her with its head. Wow. Actually, I stand corrected. That really does sound a little like a nip-knop. Doesn't it? Yes. (laughs) But it sanitizes it in a way, at least for me. Uh, My point is that I'm, I'm not really into spectacle. What interests me are the details that come out of these encounters. A 43-year-old mother from Mississippi and her 6-year-old daughter, a 16-year-old girl from Taiwan, a 62-year-old man from Australia. I mean, take a minute to listen to that sentence you just read, Terry. They heard the bison's footsteps moving toward them and started to run. Mm. And I apologize to anyone who thinks I'm just enjoying this because that's not all of it. But you can hear the whole story of America in that in that sentence. Huh. And I love that. Yeah. But yes, I get it. At the end of the day, you know, five people have been injured by bison in Yellowstone this year, and three of them were injured while or after taking bison selfies. And I, I won't say their names here out of respect, but I will tell you that when I research these people, their lives, their interests, their reasons for visiting the park, and look for some kind of common thread, I, you know, when it came down to it, the only thing that was clear about all of their experiences was that a bison looked at them and was like, fuck this person. Right. 
And I mean, what I think is so interesting is how to us, these people, they have hometowns, nationalities, identities, but the bison is like that shape over there needs to change its location. Right. You know? that, that is so interesting. So I would like to linger on this point for a moment. Doing so, of course, realizing it's very difficult to put yourself inside the mind of a bison. But since that's right. what we're talking about here, I'd love for you, for us, to give it a try. Anyway, do you think this bison, who we've established, or semi-established anyway, who is sitting there thinking this shape needs to change location, do you think that bison takes the next step in its mind to, I don't know, thinking, I am going to be the agent of that location change? I guess what, right. I guess what I'm asking is, how conscious are these bison of what they're doing? My guess, Terry, is not very. Hmm. Bison aren't very smart. At least that's what one of the park rangers told me. She said, if a bison sees you, you can hide behind a tree, even a small one. Huh. And the bison will be like, I think there used to be something over there, but perhaps I was mistaken. Mm. But I want to be clear, just because I'm an expert on situations where people are attacked by bison because they're taking selfies with them doesn't mean I, I know anything about bison. I think that you're being a little hard on yourself. <laughs> Now that you're done with the book, what have you moved on to? New projects related to bison selfies or not? I'm interested in exploring what happens when the bison selfie becomes deeply personalized and when the technology improves. So I'm collaborating with Bjork to make a hologram of Teddy Roosevelt singing the Pink Floyd song, Wish You Were Here, to a bison. That is amazing. Is the bison a hologram as well in the... In the um... Oh, no. Bjork's playing the bison. She's very natural. Sarah Miller, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you, Terry. It was a pleasure. Sarah Miller is the author of the new book, Bison Selfies, a meditation on America's obsession with selfies and bison. She's a freelance writer who lives in Nevada City, California. Thanks for joining us. This was an article by Sarah Miller, first appearing in Jezebel in July 2015. I'm Erica Heilman. This is Rumble Strip, Vermont. Thanks for listening.